Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm here again with James Leffler. Really excited to speak with James again. He just passed his Mblex. Yay, yay! <laughs> so James, uh, introduce yourself and tell him a little bit about yourself. Hey, I am James Leffler. I am uh, actually Austin's first Stretch Lab employee. I'm currently in massage school, and it was in that order, Stretch Lab and then massage school. Still in it, and yeah, I am on a mission to create my own business. I'm honestly still trying to figure out exactly what I want to do within the bodywork world, but what I want to do and what I've envisioned for myself is very similar to what you're doing, Robert, um, yeah. obviously with my own spin, but I'm looking forward to learning from you yeah. actually. Yeah. I, I think a big part of, um, a lot of, of what I'm doing, like, you know, you came to the time massage jam, you work at stretch lab. I don't really treat therapists that different than I treat the public. Um, and also even with, you know, students, I really just treat them like colleagues. I don't treat them like underlings. So, for instance, when I work with students um, and increasingly travel around the United States, they they don't exactly want to do, you know, verbatim exactly what I'm doing. They kind of want to, you know, shift in ways and kind of make it their own. And I try to, as I build a brand, express to them that they can do 80% of what I'm doing. And then still integrate their own personality or add cupping or gua sha or more stretching or, you know, uh, uh, PNF stretching. You know, they don't have to just emulate just me. Um, mm. I, I want some parameters around like a brand so that I can be able to get that 80 percentile. But I don't expect every therapist to deliver the exact same session. Um, that degree of rote um, copy just doesn't really work for me. Like, in other words, I have to build a brand, and within that brand, I have to allow James to express his own individuality. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I think that's a really important piece of the bodywork puzzle that like a place like stretch lab for example um if they're not already butting up against they certainly will because at stretch lab we're taught a specific sequence of stretches that we do with everyone and the reality of it is you're not going to do that specific sequence for everyone like i've heard it described as stretch lab wants to be the mcdonald's of bodywork of stretching but it's, it's not like body work is not a commodity in the same way that a hamburger is it's somewhat yeah. similar. And the, and the massage industry would, would like it to be that way. and has kind of treated it that way, but yeah, the reality of the work itself is not so, uh, ever present. Uh, services and products. I've actually had a discussion with people about, uh, product providers like mcdonald's and you know why did mcdonald's as a hamburger chain because the hamburger frying to drink already existed in america you know why did mcdonald's and it's like well they had high enough quality and great enough distribution that when you standardize this <clears throat> mcdonald's and when i say chemicals i don't mean this in a, in a, a bad way McDonald's puts flavorings and seasonings and things in their hamburgers to make every hamburger you get at any McDonald's relatively the same. Right. What I think it does for the consumer is it reduces anxiety. They know that the hamburger they're going to get is going to be the same hamburger they get in Little Rock, Arkansas that they get in Austin, Texas. It's the same thing that happens with Starbucks. When I travel out of town and I need coffee because I'll get a headache if I don't have coffee, right? When I go to get a cappuccino, that cappuccino is going to be relatively the same at every Starbucks. If I go to a local coffee shop, if I'm lucky enough to find one, they don't have a drive through and I don't really know what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something that's kind of what's going on with you know body work. Like everyone needs something different, but it has to be similar enough. Like you don't want to go into a stretch lab at 
in Austin and get your stretch and then go to one in Little Rock, Arkansas, and they're doing like cupping on your legs. Like it, it needs to be somewhat similar, but, yeah. but specialized for each individual. And that's something that large uh, overs- oversight agencies like TDLR, for example, um, yeah. are going to have a really hard time with. I, yeah. It seems that what they're doing now is just kind of taking a more hands-off approach, which I personally appreciate. But yeah, I mean, the agencies aren't going anywhere. So I think their challenge is, well, what do we do with this? Well, for, from a regulatory standpoint, I, I suspect um, Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone are larger companies at this point, corporations. Mm-hmm. They've probably got lawyers and they've got their fingers going towards regulation. Um, because no business person worth his salt is going to open a business knowing that he can be uh, shut down, um, unless you're in you know, the illegal drug trade or something like that, and you're willing <laughs> to take the risk. Um, I, I think that they're probably going to try to do something in regards to regulation to secure their position so that they can't yes. be you know, ousted. I have talked to massage therapists about Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone, and they kind of diminish the potential impact and i go oh guys you just don't understand what i'm you don't have a a big enough vision this is not about massage this is about what we do as an industry and who can do this legally and when you call that into question it's not about stretch love and stretch zone it's about every independent personal trainer um, and yoga teacher in America, figuring out that they can put hands on people and make money doing so. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, but one thing that Stretch Lab is revealing is that it, if you have some sort of background in, in fitness, I think p- potentially like the lowest qualification that you have to have time-wise could maybe even be like a CrossFit um, coach, I think, because like, I, I'm, you know, I'm not in charge of hiring or anything, but from my understanding, as long as it's like fitness related and CrossFit is something that you can get certified in, in like a weekend from my understanding, um, then you can at least apply. And one thing that I think Fresh Lab is, is doing well is that, okay, well, like if you can get your foot in the door and then you can prove yourself to be you know, personable enough to carry a conversation if that's what your client wants and you have a good quality of touch for whatever reason, then they'll give you a shot. And then they have their own in-house training that you have to go through and and then 20 hours of hands-on practice that you have to document and submit to get, you know, certified with them. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's just like exposing more of the public to the benefits of hands-on, one-on-one work and I think it's yep. going to be a net good for the, at least in the short term, it's going to be a net good for the industry. Yep. Well, Max12334 is saying that Starbucks is overrated. <laughs> and the thing about these companies is that Starbucks and McDonald's aren't in the business of producing the best coffee, the highest quality experience, the best hamburger that you've ever had. They're invested in delivering a standardized product to america uh mass distribution when i look at starbucks sometimes i find it really interesting i don't know exactly how their business model functions i know a little bit more about walmart when every time i pass by a starbucks now i don't think about coffee i think about real estate and i go do they own that building or are they just renting is that you know the franchisee whoever's opened that starbucks I don't have those answers, but I look at real estate. Um, brick and mortar is something I look at very intently because, or intensely, because my business doesn't involve brick and mortar. People are very confused by that, but it's a very different business model because I'm selling information. I'm not selling something you have to go to a specific facility to receive. Right. And from my understanding, McDonald's is very much a real estate company yeah like they they own their buildings and that's one reason why they are so lucrative yeah because you know you can make as many burgers as you want but you can't make more land 
Yeah, that and a Walmart. I, I think Walmart's probably along the same lines. They own the, mm-hmm. the real estate that the facilities are actually on. So, wow, there's some huge lots. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's business on a scale that you know completely dwarfs what I'm trying to do as like an independent massage therapist. It's just not not even remotely the same. Um, when Massage Harmony uh, closed here in Austin, there were four or five chapters. There was a lot of uh, hubbub in the Austin massage community because massage therapists kind of got shafted financially for various reasons. And for me personally, it was like, that's why I didn't want to open a brick and mortar. Um, The financial pressure of having brick and mortar facilities really changes the business model and what you have to do. In my classes, because what I'm doing isn't commonly available, James, students in class would ask me to give them a job. They want me to open a brick and mortar because they want me to do the business part. And I go, okay, give me 60%. And they go, aw. And it's like they don't understand the math involved with the building. Like I've told people, okay, listen, I will open a facility and I will manage it and do the advertising and marketing. I'll do the business part for you when I can buy the shopping center. And they go, huh? And I go, listen, if you got 10 units, but you rent out nine, it pays for yours. Now you run a brick and mortar. Does it make sense? Mm, yeah. Re- real estate is a different business. If I'm also renting this, I'm paying somebody else's mortgage on a commercial facility. Hmm. That makes me think of how we're in an era where it, and I said previously that you can't make more land. But what you can do is create a new type of land. And I think that's what we're experiencing today with your own brand being your land. Uh, and you know, the, the peop- whoever can build like the broadest um, platforms is in a way creating your own shopping center. Because if you can on your platform reach you know, 10, 50, 100,000 people, then people who are in a similar business as you are going to want to also reach those 10, 50, 100,000 people. Cause maybe like in your hundred thousand, there's 0.1%, which is like a hundred people who really resonate with this new message and a hundred people to someone in the bodywork industry is a lot of people. That's like yeah. all you need essentially, yeah. depending on obviously rate of return and everything. But, but yeah, I think real estate is, is kind of a, Real estate and the attention economy are almost one and the same. What do you think? I mean, the data at some point, I don't know when, data surpassed oil as a resource in value. Mm-hmm. Right. That That's how big. This is like Ed Snowden, the U.S. government sort of level you know, data, access to information is huge across industries because we can collate data in a way that we could not when we had the yellow pages. You didn't know what page they flipped to. With Google and social media and apps and like they can document their users, their activity. They're, they're, They're collating all of that data across platforms and creating those profiles of potential consumers means if you can afford to access enough of that data, you can find your potential customers extremely yes. just in, inordinately lucrative. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's new. The, the internet is still new. It's still young. Like we're still arguing about what the internet is going to become. Um, access to data and information is going to do. I don't think there are any solid, you know, absolutes. It continues to morph and change. What I hear from people, especially from my generation and older, is they just go, oh, it just keeps changing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's just what it does. Like, it's not going to slow down. If anything, uh, 5G in particular, 5G is going to change the nature of lots of businesses. I don't really know what to expect uh, for the future, especially once we get to the point of autonomous cars. Autonomous cars are going to disrupt transportation, which is a huge um, industry as far as employees in the United States, like transporting goods. So when we get to the point where we have safe autonomous cars, 
that's where people start having conversations about universal basic income because it's going to cause some really distinct challenges. So some people are going to become unemployed, but new businesses are going to completely shift and change because distribution goes down. When you have a car that doesn't get in a wreck and doesn't swerve and, you know, like traffic patterns. I mean, it just gets at this point of disruption where it's hard for me to even understand what road systems look like when you don't have to physically drive anymore. You just get in the car and like read a book or, you know, surf the internet while you're in the car and it just, you get where you were going. You know, it's like when autonomous transportation works well enough that at HEB here in Texas, they just put your order in the car and it just shows up at your house. You don't have to go to the store. I mean, it just I mean, completely. Yeah. It's kind of that's kind of happened already. Like you have ATB on demand, and although it's it's a person who is driving the car, and it's people who are packing the groceries, but like we're we're there already. Uber is basically an autonomous vehicle driven by another person right now. So, like I I think you know autonomous, especially once we start having autonomous trucks, because those are like that's going to disrupt into like the trucking industry in a profound way. And if you think truckers are going to take that lying down, we got another thing coming. Yeah. But I, I think just. Cool. We'll take just a quick break. Hey guys, it's Robert with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I want you to know about our free trial subscription service. I've documented the last two years of my classes in video form. There's over 450 hours of my classroom instruction available to you for free for your first month. Yes, I said it for free. It is $7 a month thereafter, and now it includes CE credit. Every six months, you'll get another six hours of NCB TMB approved, eventually CE credit. Credit, and you can join that at robertgardnerwellness.com. If you're looking for workbooks and DVDs, just the same. We have 700 pages of sequence manuals and nine DVDs where the core content. You can find all of those in the store at robertgardnerwellness.com. Hey, y'all. It's Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in over there on Twitch and Facebook. Um, we got a couple different updates going on here, and we would we would love for you to help us support the stream. So if you're watching the live stream, uh, you'll see that we now have follower alerts. We have uh, a support uh, s- uh, sponsor uh, banner, and we can have we have uh, goals for our sponsorships. Right now, it's for the Fort Smith, Arkansas class, and if you want to contribute towards that, uh, we greatly appreciate it. It helps support the stream and helps support these podcasts. Uh, in addition, if you are listening to this on Anchor, you can subscribe to us uh, by going to anchor.fm slash rgwellness slash support. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help us produce this podcast and get it going. So uh, we greatly appreciate you guys for watching the live stream and listening to the audio on demand. So back to James and Robert in the studio. Hey, hey, James, James. Uh, uh, go, ahead go ahead and introduce yourself, yourself again, again and tell them where they can find you. Probably, probably your, your uh, website, social, social media. media. Cool. Well, I am James Leffler, currently in massage school. You can watch my daily updates when I'm in school at True Therapeutics on Instagram. Uh, James.move, also on Instagram, is where I shared my movement practice for many years. And I'm still trying to see how I can artistically share the kind of work that I am going to be doing. I'll probably be posting it on that. Um, TikTok at James.move as well. Nice. nice. So, uh, James, James, continue what you were saying about um, automation, automation and like industries uh, before we went to break. So, I think that automation is one piece of this greater pie that's beginning to that's beginning to enter the public discourse. I think artificial intelligence is going to be probably the biggest driver of these disruptions in the coming years and decades. Uh, An example of how 
uh, artificial intelligence might impact what you're doing as an example is, so you've distributed hundreds of hours of content about what you do online. You've talked about like your, your political beliefs, your, your beliefs about body work and like who you are as a person can be comprehended pretty well if you were to sit down and watch all hundreds and hundreds of hours of content that you put on. Most people aren't going to do that. I'd be worried about someone who would. But an artificial intelligence could just download everything you've ever um, said and done. And you know, one that is sufficiently advanced would be able to put all that information into like some sort of algorithm and then distribute what you put to the people who are going to be most likely to be interested in the things that you put out there. And I think that's, that's kind of like thinking really long term and why it's a really good idea to start showing the kind of person that you are to the, the, the online world. Because if you think that you're the kind of person that can attract even like a hundred people to your tribe and who can who you can build with well an ai is going to be able to determine that to a degree that is probably incomprehensible to us right now yeah and like that's just you know an example of how it might affect you personally but the degree that it's going to affect society at large is something that i, I wish we talked about more um and i think it's really interesting how the, the conversation is there and yeah. very relevant in China, for example. You know, I, I came along almost 20 years ago into massage. I'm 42 now, almost 20 years. And when I sit down and look at what I've done, when I took classes with my original teacher in massage, just the work that we were doing that was mat-based um, was... So innovative, so different than what most people consider massage. I said, it's going to take two years and this is going to be everywhere. And then I studied with my teacher for two or three years. Uh, she moves out you know, somewhere else after Hurricane Katrina. I moved to Austin. There's no time massage. It's, it's like 20 years later and I'm still teaching the same basic stuff I learned at that time when I went, oh, this is going to take over. I was always progressive in the way that I looked at things and could do like big picture thinking while doing enough of the um, work of creating something in the moment to like get started, where it was like I was trying to put myself out of business. I said at one point that I can't teach online. And then as I kept teaching, I went, wait a second, you were wrong. You You were trying to say... Like, like a perfectionist, perfectionist like, like I have to teach 100%. And the, the real challenge was you could teach 80% online worldwide, which is a very different distribution model than a brick-and-mortar facility. I kept looking at things and going, okay, like right now I'm 42. What I'm really looking at is 20 years from now. How can I put myself out of business before somebody does it for me? And how can I build a following income, revenue, invest to be able to build towards retirement that's going to be comfortable, where I can be taken care of, my family can be taken care of. I don't feel like there's money in delivering massage alone as a service provider, and it certainly doesn't scale. But information distribution in the way that I'm dealing with as an instructor does. And when you start looking at that, um, you know, our subscription service is $7 a month. If you get a thousand subscribers and they're paying you $7 a month, I don't have to do the math. But when it comes to the internet, here's the thing. What happens when you have 10,000 subscribers? Right. And Very that is business completely model. doable. Yeah. yeah. Especially once, like with the advent of like global distribution of internet, um, I, think, uh, I think it's Starlink that is planning on shooting like a thousand or something satellites into orbit to yeah. deliver internet to like the rest of the world. And that's this year. Yep. So it's, so, so there's that. And then there's 5g and the description I've heard of 5g is like, 
if we are accessing internet in what's analogous to a small stream, 5G is like accessing the internet through like a raging river. Yeah. I don't know what the implications of that are, but it sounds like it's going to be pretty, pretty strong. If, if I talk about teaching the unlicensed, this is something that's come up several times. Massage therapists uh, get, will get angry. I live in the United States. We have state-to-state regulation of massage. And then at some point, I realize I sell information on the Internet. There's no geographic borders anymore. And they're like, but you're going you're gonna to teach people who are unlicensed. And I'm like, I, I sell information for seven bucks a month. Like, I have a vested interest. Here's what I want. I absolutely want this. I want somebody who lives in the Democratic Republic of Congo to study with me online using their cell phone and create an industry within their village. And I want them to message me and say, thank you so much for showing me how to help people in my village. And this is another example of why this specific kind of work is so powerful. You don't need a massage table. You don't need lubrication. Like, good luck finding good lubrication and a solid massage table in Congo. What you do have is a flat surface, and you can probably find a mat to make it yeah. more comfortable. But even that's like not a hundred percent necessary. Like we're no, dealing the, with our bodies. The the struggle, the the entrepreneur's hustle. When I see documentaries about impoverished areas of Africa in spe- in specific, where they're taking bits of other machinery and putting it together so a guy can make like a, a windmill, uh, make a water pump, uh, make a solar panel, I go give that guy access to more tools. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they just lack resources. They don't lack innovation. If anything. Uh, Uh, just Talk give up. us a brief, brief moment. He'll be back. Oh, there he's back. Cool. Yeah. Robert's back. Sorry about that. A, a phone call tried to come through. I had to close it. So when I talked to Noel Jose, Noel Jose started just making video, James. And he would talk to me and go, Robert, why won't these massage therapists make video? And I go, Noel, they're not Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're soft Americans. They're, they don't realize what they've been given. They take it for granted. They're not immigrants. You know, they're not willing to make certain sacrifices. They're used to a certain quality of life. You know, they want to argue that it was almond milk and not this kind of milk in their latte or whatever. I just looked at it and said, if I can serve people's needs and if I can help people, if I can distribute information, I'm going to win at life. You're helping people. That's all. And helping people in a digital way was a complete like game changer in my mentality because we're not talking about distributing information just to you, James. We're talking about distributing information globally. That allows me to do that from my garage in Round Rock, Texas. Right. Yeah. You know, you brought you brought up kind of the trope of the soft American, and I think you know there's that, that's that's true to differing extents depending on how you look at things. Um, I forgot who said it, but brilliant quote: "A nation is born stoic and dies Epicurean." Basically, means a nation is born well, stoic means uh, kind of like no BS. You get your work done. You got to suffer. You got to suffer. People are going to be crappy to you sometimes, and that's okay. You just got to keep going. There's a certain hardness to stoicism. And Epicurean is like, let's drink and be merry tonight or tomorrow we may die. It's just indulgence, essentially. And we are living in times of such unprecedented abundance that, of course, we're, we're Epicurean. Like, we have access to running water anywhere we go for free which even that like even in europe good luck finding that i was really surprised to find that water costs something in restaurants in europe and it's always bottled um food is incredibly uh, so abundant that the poorest individuals of society have the highest rates of obesity maybe it's maybe not being a one-to-one statistic but 
lower socioeconomic status is a predictor of obesity. Um, and I, I think that, that that's one aspect of it, but I think another big aspect of why massage therapists aren't making video is that they're scared of, of losing their license. Like we're so hammered about what is within our scope of practice in school when when we when I had to take my MBLEX, it was as if I was checking into a prison. Like I had to put my that like read my palm on this sensor anytime I go in and out of a room. They like they check my glasses for for cheating. Like it, it was incredibly like airtight just to take this test. Yeah. So like we like we're taught that if you don't follow these strict guidelines. The, all this time and money that you're investing is going to go to waste because we're going to take away your license. And then, of course, the nature of, of massage therapy, as uh, as it's commonly known, is not necessarily conducive to video, as most people probably wouldn't want to be filmed when they're naked on a table and someone is like using lubrication to glide over them. Yeah. But this is like... It's it's so easy. Thai massage is so easy to film. It looks yeah. cool, and like just reason number one hundred and fifty seven why this is the body work of for the world. Yeah, we'll let's take a quick break. Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'd love to personally work with you on our private subscription service. The Reboot Insiders Club is available at robertgardnerwellness.com in the store. It is absolutely free for your first month. For a month, you get access to our CE class, which is going to give you six hours of CE credit after six months. You're going to get access to a vault with 450 hours of video instructional content and access to a private Facebook group to ask me questions and learn more. You can join that for absolutely free for your first month and $7 a month thereafter. There's also an entire series of 700 pages of sequence manuals and nine DVDs of core content in the biomechanics of time massage, but and table-based available there. Again, go to robertgardnerwellness.com in the store, and I look forward to working with you. Hey, y'all. It's Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, we're adding a couple new features. If you want to be recognized on the podcast and support us, go and follow on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, or DLive, and you will re- you will see a pop-up with your name uh, in the alert box. If you're really wanting to support the podcast, you can go to uh, the Streamlabs link and you can contribute towards our monthly goals, uh, which today is the Fort Smith, Arkansas class, which we're uh, raising funds to produce that show there. And then um, if you're listening to this is on the audio version, anchor.fm slash RG wellness slash support. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help produce this podcast. Uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in and uh, back to Robert and James in the studio. Uh, I'm here with James Leffler. James, can you introduce yourself again and also tell them where they can find you online? Yeah. Hey guys, I'm James. You can find me online on my Instagram at james.move to have a glimpse of my movement practice at True Therapeutics if you want to watch my journey through massage school and beyond and on TikTok at james.move if you're interested in just the experiment that I'm running on that platform. So... James, um, years ago when I began receiving criticism that what I taught wasn't Thai massage, I had to back up and sort of look at the real brass tacks of what I taught, how it was different, how do you position it, sell it, market it, package it, you know, what's the differences, is it traditional, is it not traditional, and 
as I went through categorizations and I, I made, I literally made a list on paper of like the things I was doing and what traditional time massage was and the differences. And I got to this point and I said, it was harder to sell clothes on mat based work to the public because they said, well, this isn't massage. It didn't fit the, the box they had been sold. And then I said, okay, hold on. So it is, in fact, clothes-on and mat-based. Those are two things that I actually enjoy about it. I said, what's the benefit? And I said, well, you can film and photo document everything. My business changed completely once I fundamentally understood the game that was being played. Once you flipped to clothes-on and mat-based, you had something that was Instagrammable on a massive scale. And I went, wait, 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 you've been looking at it like it's a disadvantage because it's not what they think of as massage. You completely bypass the fact that you can teach people what you do on a massive, exponentially scalable pace because you and your students can film and photo document everything. Right. And so that's exactly what you've been doing. So if you were if you were in my position, you're getting close to graduating and you are your your goal is to build a business of your own, but you're not exactly sure exactly how to go about that, or maybe even what kind of business you want to build, what would you do? So people are always gonna take, you know, what they like of what I do and then leave the rest behind. And I, I know I'm biased in saying this. If I was a young massage therapist and I was still in school and I caught this, what I would wind up doing is subscribing to my subscription service, watching as much video as I could, working within the private Facebook group, and then emulating pieces of what I'm doing. Meaning, it's not uh, like you, James, you were one of the pr people that I had a conversation with, and I said, listen, just document your process in school. Even if they don't shoot video in class, give me updates about what you're learning. I see those Instagram stories. I see where you say, hey, yeah, we just covered thoracic outlet syndrome, but there's only like 200,000 documented cases a year. See, I see that stuff. If massage therapists across the United States or students in school were documenting their process that way, it starts things off. The other thing is massage therapists are interesting to me because it's like they're, they're waiting until they get their license to be able to go out and start um, advertising what they do. I almost think that's too late. I would have had you, like if we could go back, and this doesn't matter, it's not like a loss of time or whatever. Um, I would go back to when you were just working at Stretch Lab, you decided to go to school, you could have started working with me then. And I could say, let's shoot video now. And you're like, wait, but I don't have a license. I'm like, you're not charging. Right. You don't charge people and don't represent that you're licensed massage therapist. You can work on whoever while I shoot a video using my equipment. Like... You know, James, the reason that you're on the podcast is just because you show the smallest amount of initiative. I go, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what you get a chance to do, whether or not you work with me specifically as a massage therapist, is you can emulate pieces of what I've done that work for your practice to be able to garner attention from a potential audience. If you build an audience, build a website, build a blog, build a YouTube channel, continue pushing on social media, other massage therapists left a huge gaping hole for people like me to take advantage of. I did not have to work very hard to outcompete other massage therapists in my marketing because I just continued working on those pieces of the business, whereas other massage therapists get bogged down in this brick and mortar mentality about how marketing works. And yes, having a facility in a shopping center so people can come through and they do think you're legitimate because you have this facility you're paying money for. You know, if you have a thousand dollars in rent, you have to see a thousand dollars in clients before you make any profit. Right. My overhead on a home studio is zero. All of that money became workbooks, DVDs, a phone, a video camera, a lavalier mic, YouTube channel, spending my time harnessing everything I could to the point where I'm talking to other business people about TikTok. That's what we're talking about. 
If I was a massage therapist, I think the real future, and I think educators, especially in core curriculum, maybe older educators who own massage schools don't understand, is information distribution allows you, James. It allows a fledgling massage therapist to teach the public what we do. We don't have to rely on Hollywood and Phoebe from Friends to be the most you know, well-known massage therapist in the United States. We get to show people exactly what we do. That is a very, very powerful marketing force. This video is live streaming right now on YouTube. It is another backlink to my website. It builds, it builds my digital footprint so more people find me, consider me an expert in whatever field. It just continues to grow. The audience building thing, it's almost like, I, you know, and then you have to understand too, like, I don't even know when I got out of school, I don't even know if YouTube existed at that time. Like, I get confused about when YouTube started. You know, this is new technology and people are still trying to adapt to how to use it. The internet and social media is relatively new. It is not that old. Um, I didn't use the internet until I was 18 in college. Wow. That's, I mean, it gives them perspective on just how rapidly things are changing. But like, not only are we using the internet, like we're using it at scale in ways that no one predicted. Yeah. Like that's, so I, you, you mentioned TikTok. I, I, one thing that I've noticed about TikTok is there are, as of yet, still no major bodywork channels at all. And I could be wrong, but from my like preliminary searches, I haven't found anything. Do you think that's more a consequence of maybe the audience is still relatively young? Um, do you think maybe the algorithm doesn't favor it? Or do you think people just haven't found the right way to share the content? Um, I think it's uh, a multitude of factors. In the end, I don't think there's that much massage-related uh, searching going on. There's not, I mean, even though you can find stuff on YouTube, it's an older platform, uh, on what scale are massage therapists making video content compared to, say, personal trainers? It's not even close. It, like, I don't know numbers, but, like, personal trainers seem to, uh, yoga teachers, like, all over Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, from a massage therapist perspective, uh, TikTok, I've started to vary my content almost towards comedy and history and some other things I'm interested in because it's a, a, a completely different platform. It's, it's painfully obvious that TikTok and its functionality leads towards a sort of entertainment value that other platforms find hard to match, especially in short form. So, you know, I just... I don't know. I don't lament that other massage therapists aren't making content. I just go take advantage of that gaping hole and go make a hundred times more comp content than anybody else. Robert, find your fans, keep growing, keep building, have an influence, you know, don't try to pigeonhole them, give them an 80% template and go, this is how we're going to win. Let's do this. Yeah. It seems like you've been doing quite a good job of that. And I, I do think that the lack of massage content is largely because of the kind of massage that people kind of have been pigeonholed to doing. But I have a sneaking suspicion that in the coming years, we're going to see a handful of massage therapists go the way of a handful of personal trainers and yoga teachers where this, they build these incredible brands. And that, that's what I want to do. I just haven't figured out exactly how to do it. Well, I tell you, I tell you exactly, I tell you exactly how to do it right now. You work with me, you use my equipment, you know, and you just continue building. I have no emotional investment that you do exactly what I do. If you say, listen, I really want to work with you, but I don't want to be, you know, let's say it was reboot. We lost that trademark, but let's say I don't want to be certified by, you. I just want to work with you. I'm like, okay, I don't feel detracted from like I've been trying, this is what massage therapists don't understand. I've been trying to get the therapist, the troops on the ground to work together to build. And what I find is the therapists on the ground are so busy just trying to survive that they can't really focus on making moves that allow them to thrive. Hmm. Maybe because it's to, to, to target the people who are in school already because, you know, 
they already, if, if all they have, if they have enough time to go to school, they probably have enough time to the, create content. What I think is going to happen in time is the therapists are going to wind up going to massage school to get their license. And when they sit there, they took us down in that chair the first day, they're going to look at the teacher and say, hey, I want to go study with Robert Gardner. That is when I start to win. It's not not waiting for somebody who's already been practicing 10 years necessarily it's when somebody already has it in their mind that this is what they want to do i want to be on robert garter's podcast that sort of thing we'll take a quick break Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I really look forward to working with you hands-on and online in our Reboot Insiders Club. We have a private subscription service, a private Facebook group, access to 450 hours of my classroom instruction, and it is free for your first month. You can find that and access to 700 pages of sequence manuals and nine DVDs of core content. If you want to pick up any of that, including that free trial subscription service or a free time massage workbook, you can do that in the store at Robert gardnerwellness.com hey y'all it's trent knox podcast producer for the robert gardner wellness podcast if you've made it this far either in the live stream on the video on demand or on the audio on demand on anchor.fm uh we congratulate you and we really thank you for the support that you've put into this uh, that being said, we would really appreciate it if you followed us on social media at Facebook, Robert Gardner Wellness, Twitch, RG Wellness, YouTube, Robert Gardner Wellness, Mixer, RG Wellness, and DLive, RG Wellness. And if uh, if you're really interested in helping support the stream, you can go ahead and uh, go to our Streamlabs uh, support the stream link in the description and with a small contribution you can help us uh, continue producing these streams and um, and moving forward with bigger and better content in addition if you want to help us support the audio on demand it's anchor.fm slash rg wellness slash support and for as little as a dollar a month you can help push that forward and uh, if you if 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 you don't have the means to support us cash. That's great. But if you could really help us in the comments down below, let us know some of the topics that you'd be interested in hearing us talk about. Let us know uh, what days work in your schedule best for live streams and also what you would like to um, what you would like to see come come about in in some of these podcasts and and where you like to listen to podcasts and uh, maybe leave us a review on Apple podcast uh but again thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in through the through the live stream or watching the video back to james and robert in the studio and james can you introduce yourself again before we get started yeah i'm james leffler you can find me on instagram at james.move that is an artistic take on my movement practice true therapeutics is where i talk about every single day i am in massage school and when i'm done it's going to be a long video it's going to be really cool check that out and james.move on tiktok where i experiment with a variety of different kinds of videos so james in the end what it amounts to is you not only have a phone and access to people globally you also have access to me some degree of expertise and my video and audio equipment i've got a lavalier mic and a camera we could shoot video all day you can look at me and go robert i need 30 videos and i go cool when 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 do i need to meet you with my equipment therapists have tons of resources how many therapists contact me and say robert i want to be on your podcast robert i want to shoot video with you very few <laughs> people are like oh i don't know people are going to judge me and i'm like i i welcome judgment it's how i make all my money <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think in the next five years that's going to be a ridiculous statement that people are not going to want to work with you but i hope i can be one of the driving forces for that yeah. like i'd like to create some like really great content together and yeah. show people that you know it can be done yeah 
the the whole thing about my my business um, was I understood I could only help so many people as a, me individually. I can only do so many sessions. I can only teach so many students. The way that I win is by helping you win. If I take you and 19 students like you and I help you build to the point where you're making 100 grand a year in private practice, the game's over. Because right. if I've documented that process, every massage therapist is going to be like, I have to study with this guy. This is, this is crazy. This, you know, there's, a, there's a scalability to what I'm trying to build. What I also personally didn't want to do opening a brick and mortar is I really don't want to look at you, James, and go, give me 60%. Right. I really wanted you to build your business and go out and get your clients. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, I am going to have to continue working for some places where they are like, give me 60% while, you know, just to pay my bills while I'm building that personal clientele. And with that is like, if I want to maximize my money, then I need to go to the place that charges the most. So 40% of a place that charges $90 for a 30 minute massage is a heck of a lot more than the place that charges half that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you just, you know, I, I worked for other people for at least 10 years of the beginning of my career. So me working in private practice is, is relatively new. Um, mm. You know, I've only been working completely in private practice, I think for about eight years now. So, um, you know, even for me, that was a journey of like trying to to figure it out how we're going to make this work uh, financially. Again, there's a difference between surviving, which is I think where a lot of therapists are, and really thriving. Thriving questions and challenges are very different than just how do I pay my bills and survive. Right. So if you were fresh out of school and you managed to save uh, $2,000. Like, where would your first $2,000 go into building your business? Likely, what I would do is I would hire someone for about a grand to go ahead and build my website. Uh, maybe it'd be WordPress-based, maybe, um, so I could blog and have a place to put my videos. Um, I need a central hub that I own to be able to collect search engine optimization and data. Um, I would also make sure that website has some sort of free giveaway, a workbook, a PDF, a video series you create to be able to get people's email. Once I had that $1,000, I think likely what I would wind up doing with the rest is maybe at a very low level running some sort of social media ads. Um, if you're better at Facebook, maybe Facebook ads. And when I say run ads, I'm saying $5 a day. We're not talking about breaking the bank. Um, to be able to draw people into my little course, my little free PDF giveaway, to be able to build an email list to contact people in my local area who might become clients. Um, you'll notice that I didn't even go first to like buying a professional camera. Um, I think your phone is just good enough um, in the beginning to be able to get you started. And I think the website is a big piece because you have to be able to draw traffic that can sign up. The website essentially is your front desk. You can take appointments. You have online scheduling. It's right there. You can craft an image of professionalism through that website. I also you know, didn't say in the beginning that you need to save your money, do your own website, unless you just love it. Unless you love building websites and that's something you're really good at. I think absolutely, if I only had two grand, I would probably start with the website. Then maybe some sort of social media ads at a very low scale to get some experience of driving traffic. Um, after that, if I started making more income, that's when I start making other investments, meaning um, CE classes, more education, maybe video equipment, building to the point where you had a videographer, somebody helping you with post-production, you know, and then you just incrementally keep building. Right. Yeah, and that, that's the thing about just content in general is once you have like a solid base of it, you can essentially infinitely cut it up and distribute it to different platforms for different things. Like you could take a two or an, yeah two hour video and cut like whatever two hours divided by fifteen seconds and make that many TikTok videos or you know or Instagram stories or so here's something. Um, I, I think that I have heard like a conversation about like websites before, 
but what is a question that you don't or you don't get asked often that surprises you that you don't get asked it in classes yeah in classes and working with massage therapists I'm always surprised, not at the level of sophistication of the questions I get, but at the rudimentary nature. Like, I, I still get this all the time. My sessions are three hours. And if I talk to people, they go, what do you do if you have to go to the bathroom? I'm like, Jill, I tell the client, I have to go to the restroom. I will be right back. We take a five-minute break. I go to the restroom, clean up, come back. Session starts again. Like, that's the sort of question usually that I'm getting. Um, beyond that, what I get is because I teach a sort of a general curriculum, I'm slowly starting to niche down and, and do specifics. People are asking about specific conditions. And when they start talking about the rotator cuff, what they don't quite understand is if I'm going to cover the rotator cuff in detail, I need 30 hours. I have to cover every muscle that crosses the shoulder joint. I have to talk about its origin, its insertion, the ways it may be strained or injured, the nerves that run through the area, the cardiovascular supply. So it's like, how do you give students enough without overwhelming them? Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Students usually, when it comes to anything like social media related, they'll ask me all this all the time. Um, I would show up at Lauderstein Conway to do like a discussion or a talk about being in private practice. And there were a couple times that Knives Monroe came with me and he was the videographer. The, the vibe in the room when I walk in and there's a camera crew was epic. You could tell they're just <laughs> like, who is this guy? This doesn't, you, this doesn't correlate to anything we've seen in reality before. Um, you know, does this guy think what he's saying is like important enough to be recorded this way? And essentially what it is, is they would say, well, what kind of camera do I use? And I would just hold up my phone because <laughs> this is the camera. Yeah. This is not a phone. It is a small personal computer computer that gives you access to people globally. I'm on my phone right now. I'm doing this podcast on my phone. Like there are no barriers of entry anymore. That was the other question that would get me the most. And that was the most epic. Cause I'm like, Oh, uh, the phone, the, the camera you need. And I just pull it out of my pocket and they'd go, Oh, cause basically their excuses are gone. Well, the excuse continues to be, well, the kind of work that I do, my clients wouldn't feel comfortable. And that's why you changed it to, you know, clothed map base. Or you talk to some clients that would be comfortable having just like a Swedish massage and being filmed. I think. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, that is something you could do. What do you think about that concept, Robert? I mean, I've seen arguments about, you know, fake it till you make it. In the end, it's just, I think it's very important to document your process. Your brand, James, as a, as a therapist, your brand, your style, um, not many people are going to be as caustic as I am. And that's just, mm -hmm. I'm black coffee. I just, I got an attitude sometimes. You know, if you're a massage therapist and let's say you wanted to work on a geriatric population, you want to go into nursing homes, think about the impact that it has, if you went and put your phone on a tripod and you sat down with Lois and you sat down with Grace and you said, Grace, you're at the nursing home and you said, Grace, listen, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to put you on the internet, like make a little YouTube video. Is that okay, Grace? You have a sign, a little AV waiver. You sit down with Grace, you use a little oil and you just work on her hand. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to give Grace 20 minutes to tell her life story from the nursing home. Ooh. And then I want you to go to Lois, and then I want you to go to Frank, and Frank's going to talk about, oh, he's going to be sad. His wife died. He's a World War II veteran. And I'm like, oh, Frank, you stormed the beach at Normandy? Can you tell me about that? All you're doing is massaging hands. See, they're not, they're not dude, they're not being creative. They're not thinking right. about, what do you look like, James, if you do that? You look like an expert. You look trustworthy. You look like All someone you, you want to work with. All you did was rub hands and connect with people. And that right. story, that personality builds brands. 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe to charge for it, but yeah, I guess like to film it, not. I guess he wouldn't. Yeah. Cool. So, Jane, can you tell them one last time where they can find you online? Yes. Right now, you can find me on Instagram at james.move. That is my movement practice, a creative approach to it. True Therapeutics is where I document my time in massage school. And james.move on TikTok is where I'm experimenting with all sorts of trippy, creative videos. Nice. So, James, I'd love to have you on the podcast again. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the way we have is I kind of get you while you're in school, just as you pass your MLEX. Congratulations, by the way, big mad fist bump. And then also get to see you start your practice. We get to see a little more full spectrum of uh, that. And then also, if uh, any of you as followers, again, if you want to pick up that Reboot Insiders Club, our private sort of subscription service that's available for free on my website, along with the workbooks, DVDs. You can buy those a la carte. That's at robertgardnerwellness.com in the store. I really appreciate you tuning in for the podcast. If you ever need to reach out to me, please just find me online. I'm across platforms under various handles related to Robert G. Wellness, whatever, RG Wellness. Uh, find me, follow me, chat with me. Love to talk with you. And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. You guys have a great day.